Yes, sir, we are back. Back in, it's been a couple weeks since the last show. I've been busy, but it's going to be a Dallas Mavericks show today. This is The Point. My name is Brady Pointer. Thank you for joining me today. Um, like I said, it's been a couple weeks I've had a show. It's just I got two jobs right now. You know, life happens, but I'm trying to get everything out for y'all. But today's going to be Mavs only. You know, we've had about a week or, uh, a week or so to get over the Mavs losing uh, four to three in their playoff series against the Clippers went seven games after you know going up 2-0 and having all the excitement in the world just to lose the next four or five it's tough for any fan to have to deal with especially just given how great offensively this team was the first two games made a shooting lights out but uh their offense was so good that it overshadowed just how bad their defense was. And defense was bad the whole series. I mean, Kawhi Leonard did whatever he wanted the entire series. Um, the Clippers were knocking down shots. Like, they were, they didn't shoot the ball. And, the, you know, it's not even like the Clippers played bad in the first two games. They shot the ball decently. I mean, they shot the ball decently the entire series. But it's just the Mavericks weren't enforcing enough stops. Their paint presence was nowhere to be found. Uh, KP wasn't aggressive enough on defense as you'd liked him to be. You know, of course, you're not going to get too much out of defensively from Boban. Um, you know, his size helps in spurts, but in prolonged stances, he's not the best to have out there. And he's not that great of a defender anyway. Um, the Clippers made some pretty decent adjustments. You know, you know Tyron Lue, I don't, you know, I gave him a lot of, I, I still, I, I'll say Tyron Lue's not a great in, in NBA coach, and I'm not sure that he's a great one. But he did make some decent adjustments in this series, especially when it came to um, getting KP out on the perimeter in space, forcing him to defend in space um, when they're switching in the pick and roll, and all the you know some decent adjustments made by Tyron Lue because you know the only source of offense the Mavericks had was coming from Luca. And you know I'm gonna have a what's the point segment uh, later on. We're gonna talk about uh, Donnie Nelson's comments about Luca, but you know this this portion right here is just mainly about. You know what Dallas can do to improve what you know, the free agency coming up this off season. You know what it's going to look like for Dallas, and you know just what help can they provide Luca because he needs all the help he can get. And, you know Dorian Finney-Smith was nowhere to be found in the playoff series. He had a great second half of the season, but he wasn't knocking down the shots at, at any at the nowhere near the clip you expect him to be shooting like he did at the end of the season. You know Maxi wasn't that great defensively. Uh, Jalen Brunson was pretty much nowhere to be found in the playoffs either. Rick, Rick went away from you know Jalen was the leader of the second unit, and you know he's not the creator and facility. He's not the creator uh, that Rick would like him to be. That was necessary right now. That is really the glaring weakness that this team has is they don't have a guy who can take some pressure off of Luca. You know Jalen's a great scorer. I love Jalen Brunson. I'm glad he's on this team. Uh, he just is not the creator that Rick wants him to be to take the pressure off Luka, which is why Luka is, is so, the team is so dependent on Luka creating the offense. And, you know, this goes into what Donnie said, you know, the honor, when Luka was off the court, Dallas couldn't do anything offensively. It was pathetic watching them play ball on that side of the court. So, you know, Dallas needs to get some help. You know, Tim Hardaway Jr. had an okay series, but, I mean, the first two games were lights out, then he was pretty inconsistent the rest of the way. Uh, but in terms of in terms of other scores, I mean, Tim Hardaway Jr. was the second option because no one else was doing anything outside of Luka. You know, Luka averaged 35-10-8, and eight, shot 49% from the field, 40% from three. I mean, the man did everything he could to get this team into the second round, and his supporting cast let him down. Simple as that. 
no other way to go around it. And to say that Luka didn't give them the opportunity to succeed is heresy. Absolute heresy. Anyway, so we're going to move more into what Dallas can do free agency uh, this year. Uh, I think that one thing Dallas needs to really look on, of course, is a secondary ball handler. Cuban said they need to look at a secondary ball handler with size, uh, something that could potentially create or uh, doesn't or won't freak out when the ball's in their hands and can actually run an offense. And you know, I think DeMar DeRozan is a very prime candidate for that. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie's another option there. He might be a little bit cheaper than uh, DeMar DeRozan. You know, Dinwiddie's coming off that ACL injury. I do believe if the Nets make the finals, Dinwiddie can probably come back and play in that series if the Nets go that far. So, you know, he's coming off that injury. He uh, Dinwiddie's value may be down a little bit, so he might go for a little bit cheaper. Um you know, a guy like DeMar is going to command maybe a max contract, maybe a little bit less. Uh, so I would like to have DeMar DeRozan on the team. I think that would be a fantastic pickup. But obviously with the, how this team has shown us in the past with free agency, I'm not holding my breath. I am, you know, I'm expecting, you know, honestly, you know, there's other point guards out there like a Mike Conley, Goran Dragic is a team, is a name that's been linked to Dallas a lot over the past couple of years, especially with, with Luka. And, uh, you know, another team, another name that's been thrown around uh, recently is Kyle Lowry. I, you know, those are older options. Those guys are in their 30s. Um, but I do believe they would all be decent fits and they would all help this team um, have a s- legitimate second unit and being able to succeed offensively when Luka's off the court because Luka can't play 48 minutes. He can't do it. Simply can't. And you'd like him to, but he can't. So Dallas needs to be And this was an issue all season long. There were times during the season um, when Dallas could not get offense going when Luke was off the court because they just didn't have the creator they needed. Jalen just couldn't create like you'd expect him to or need him to. And now, like I said, Jalen's a great scorer. I love him, but he is not the creator facilitator Dallas needs uh, to help take Luka off the, or to help you know take some pressure off of Luka. You know, outside of that point guard position, I do think that's a that's a need. Um, another need is another true rebounding center. You know, you gotta have a guy that can take. Uh, get KP out of that five spot. You know, I don't. Chris Tapps doesn't enjoy being a center. He doesn't like doing a lot of the things you ask centers to do, like continued aggression, being aggressive defensively, being aggressive on the boards, uh, being an anchor in the paint, rotating well. You know, KP had some rotation issues in the playoffs. He wasn't aggressive enough, and that's been an issue all season long. Is when KP's aggression is lacking when he's not. Locked in defensively, he is nowhere to be found. He's slow on his rotations. He gets beat off the dribble quite a bit. And he's not he was nowhere near the shot blocker we expected him to be this season. And it's just when and that goes on both ways. You know, when his off and that goes with his offensive game too. When his offensive game is off, his defensive game suffers. So you know, it, that is an issue with KP and having a true, you know, like a Tyson Chandler type center. Maybe Dallas needs another Tyson Chandler type modern day center that can is athletic, shot-blocking, defensive-minded, rebounding center that can go up, you know, like a Jared Allen. Um, you know, Rishon Holmes is another option that, that Dallas can go after. I think Andre Drummond is out there, another free agent. Uh, the issue with Jared Allen is he's a restricted free agent, and Cleveland is likely to match any offer, because I would really like Jared Allen, but uh, Cleveland is likely to match any offer because they did trade a first-round pick for him, so they're probably not going to let him walk um, that easily. So... Looking like Rashawn Holmes is a name that's been tossed around quite a bit uh, out of the from Sacramento. Um, I think he'd be a very good fit for Dallas. Dallas just needs a true center because KP Chris Stapps is not a true center. He's not. He doesn't like playing there. I think he would thrive if Dallas were able to give him some relief defensively and offensively as well. Um, because KP doesn't have another option to go to another option down low um, to distract from his 
his post game. You know, his post game is pretty much non-existent. He doesn't have much of one. But if he were to develop one, it would help for them to have a legitimate center down there to take some of the pressure off him when he wants to get in those positions. So, uh, you know, there's some other other free agency issues. You know, in terms of what Dallas should get, I think those are the two big things: a secondary ball handler, another big true center. Um, Maybe some more depth at the guard, uh, more depth at the scoring guard position. I think that would help as well because once again, you know, Josh Richardson um, is probably the biggest wild card in terms of their own free agents Dallas has because uh, he plays that two two position, and he is a question mark because he's got that uh, player option for about ten and a half million, and. With the season he had, he may think to pick up that option because he may not be able to command as much as he'd like on the open market because he didn't have a great season, didn't have a great playoff run, was actually bad in the playoffs. He proved that he can't handle the ball on his own. He is literally a 3 and D guy who did not have the 3 or the D in this season because his defense was lacking, wasn't wasn't what it was expected to be, and his shot was inconsistent and obviously nowhere near what Seth Curry brings to the table. And, you know, Seth Curry's out in Philly in the playoffs still, having a pretty decent playoff run. So I'd say I think Philly won that trade there. I think Josh Richardson has been a big disappointment. I really do hope he opts out, tests the free agency market, because once he does that, that opens up more space for Dallas and cap room. Because I think if, if Josh Richardson does opt in, Dallas is going to have a hard time opening up a max slot and getting a player like a DeMar DeRozan or maybe even an Andre Drummond. So it really hinges on what what uh, Josh Richardson does, and I hope he opts out. I don't want him on the team next year. I think Dallas can get better options elsewhere, and I think it was just you know one of the it, you did it because you needed some defense and it didn't work out. So you move on, you cut your losses, and you go. And hopefully he decides to think the same way and a change of scenery is good for him, and he moves on. And helps Dallas out along the way, opening up a little bit of cap space. And that's the biggest issue right there. Is I really do hope he doesn't opt in and take that $10.5 million Because that would really throw a wrench in some of Dallas's plans, I bet. So, uh, you know, TH, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. is another free agency for Dallas. He is a guy that I do think Dallas needs to re-sign. He's going to probably command somewhere in the $20 million range. And... It also depends on what Dallas, you know, has in their cap, what they decide to do with it, who they decide to go after. Are they going to go after a big guy like, you know, big name like DeMar DeRozan? Are they going to scale back and go after like a Spencer Dinwiddie? Um, things like that to think about because, you know, $20 million is maybe not something Dallas can't afford if they want to go out and, and sign another big name player. So, it, you know, this is going to be a toss-up here, baby. Tim Hardaway can take a little bit of a deal. I doubt it. He has expressed interest in coming back to Dallas. You know, I think he sees the value in playing with Luka because there is there is a clear difference in the numbers between, like, Jalen shoots significantly better when Luka's on the court. Tim Hardaway shoots significantly better when, when Luka's on the court. Dorian Finney-Smith shoots significantly better when Luka's on the court. And they see the value in, in that, and they want to play around players that are going to make them better, and that's what Luka does. So... It'll be interesting to see what happens with Tim Hardaway. I do think Dallas is very keen on signing him. I do think they're going to try. I don't think they're just going to let him walk easily. Uh, Boban is another free agent. You know, that's kind of one where you're like, that's not a huge deal. You really want to bring him back for the morale, and you love seeing Boban on the court. You love seeing Boban on the bench. You love, you know, having that atmosphere around the team. The team loves it themselves. But, you know, there's still a business. If it doesn't work out for both sides, if they can't get a, a, a you know nice deal out there, one- or two-year deal, then he moves on and goes somewhere else. You know, he has kind of been a journeyman throughout his years in the league, so that's kind of how it goes for Boban. 
Hopefully Dallas can work out a small deal and on team-friendly deal. That's really how it has to be. It has to be a team-friendly deal to keep him on board. And if they can do that, so great. Bring him on back. And if they can't, still a business. He's got to go. But I would love to see Boban on the sidelines next season. We'll see if that happens or not. I do think he provides a lot of matchup problems for teams. Um, when he does come on the court, he is efficient. It's just he can't be on there long because eventually his eventually his conditioning and uh, teams tend to when tend to surround swarm him in the paint. And when he's got like three bodies on them, he doesn't pass out of that very well. So that can be an issue as well. But he does create matchup issues in short spurts, and his efficiency is through the roof in short spurts. And I do I do think. Um, that is effective at times when you need a, when you need a change when you need to go really big like you know Dallas used him a lot uh, in the playoff because you know the Clippers were going small and Dallas has two players over seven feet tall so they threw Chris Stapps and Boban in together and you know Boban was efficient in spurts and then he had issues in other areas and that's what happens when you leave him on the court. For long periods of time, especially on the defensive end of the floor, he's not great at defender, so you lack defensively. You think a seven guy, seven four guy, would be better defensively? No, he's just too slow to get to defenders and get around in front of them and potentially block shots. He just doesn't have the foot speed to do it. So that's the issue with leaving Boban in for long periods of time. But I do believe if they could bring him back on a ten friendly deal, do it because he is well liked throughout the organization and throughout the fan base. Uh, another big man talking about Willie Cauley Stein. He's got a club option, so Dallas can pick his pick up his club option around 4.2 million. Uh, I could see him coming back. He was an effective backup big. He's not a starter, definitely not a starter. But I do can I do see him coming back. I think Dallas can resign him on a seam on a or pick him up on that 4.2 million. That's a decent number for a backup center that provides some decent, you know, provides a decent role off the bench there because. Dallas was, you know, lacking in a true center, and you know he had to he had to play he had to play a lot more than he should have in in a bigger role than he should have had to play in. So I think if he's actually to be able to become an, a legit backup center uh, to maybe a Rashawn Holmes or whoever, then that will help him become better and more efficient when he does play. But I think he was good enough for the role Dallas threw him in. And I wouldn't mind seeing Willie Cauley-Stein back either. I think Redick and Melly are gone. And like I said, I talked about Josh Richardson. I think he's the biggest wild card for Dallas here because if he picks up that $10.5 million option, that could throw a wrench in Dallas's plans to get a legitimate free agent. So it's going to we'll see what happens. We're still in the middle of the playoffs, only in the second round. Uh, you know, the Suns beat the Nuggets last night. That was a sweep. Not even cl- I don't Nuggets shit the bed. Everybody talking about Jokic coming to Dallas. Yeah, right. I wish. That'd be nice. But Suns beat the Nuggets. They're waiting on the winner of the Jazz and Clippers. Um, I think the I think Phoenix and – not Phoenix. Uh, Philadelphia and um, Atlanta play tonight as well, along with the Jazz and Clippers as the Clippers look to try to tie that series 2-2 after going down 2-0. Very similar to what they did to Dallas. Uh, but, yeah. So the Mavericks season ended disappointing. Not surprising though, even though I you know even though they went up 2-0, I was not comfortable. I uh, I know with you know Kawhi Leonard is not a player you should ever count out, and he showed why. I mean he controlled that series, and he Kawhi Leonard was the reason um, that they won that series, and you know Luca was the only reason Dallas even was able to last it till seven, because. Without Luca, Dallas may win the you know Dallas wins two straight whatever, 
But then without Luka in those final five games, Dallas loses four straight. I think if I think if Luka's not out there, Dallas gets embarrassed. Um, I mean, if Luka's not out there, Dallas shouldn't even be a playoff team. So that kind of transitions into my next segment, what's the point? Um, we're going to be talking about Donnie Nelson's comments about Luka and that he should be a better ball handler. And I just don't understand where the hell this man's coming from. Did he even watch this damn series? Because it don't make any sense to say anything like that when clearly Luka was getting his teammates involved as much as he can. I mean, hell, when you watch the game and you see that, oh, shit, you know, KP can't make a three or he has no post game against a guy like Rondo, a smaller defender, you can't even make a play against that, against Rajon Rondo or Dorian Finney-Smith is bricking a three. I mean, where, where can you find... The, where can you find the shooting and the scoring at? I mean, Lucas still averaged 10 assists the game. He had to average 15. Had the sacks, the worthless sacks, made shots. I'm talking to everybody. You know, Maxie didn't get Maxie didn't shoot the ball all that often. You know, uh, Dorian was quiet the entire series after having a fantastic second half. You know, it. You know, where can where is Lucas supposed to find the offense outside of himself if no one else is making shots? You say you get the you know, you want to get him involved at the right time. You know, here's the exact quote from Donnie. He goes, Here's a guy, Doncic, that thinks he can win every possession of every game, and he can. But you know, he quote continues, his numbers are unique. I think part of his maturity is again knowing how to balance all those kill shots with involving teammates at the right time. And Luca's shown that he has no problem passing up the ball in big time moments. Like, I mean, maybe not in the playoffs, but in the regular season, Dorian Finney Smith was one of the clutchest shooters on the team throughout the entire series. Or season, I mean. Um, I've seen him give up shots for Maxi, and he gave up shots for Dorian. So Luca's shown that he can give up the ball in the big moments and let other players take those shots. We've seen it. You know, Dorian was knocking down clutch shots at a pretty high clip this season. He was a guy that Mavericks could rely on in late-game spots to hit a shot. That wasn't the case in the playoffs, but during the, throughout the regular season, sure. But, and, you know, we got KP as well. You know, Luke is having a hard time relying on him, and he's supposed to be the second option, and Tim Hardaway Jr. is, is really your second option, but Tim Hardaway Jr. is inconsistent as hell the final five games of the, se- of the series. So, you know, and that's not even to begin on the on-and-off splits. Like, Luka is clearly your best player, so I don't see what the point is in calling him out saying he's not getting his teammates involved enough when he accounted for 60% of the team's assists throughout the entire postseason. And the on-off splits are just baffling. When Luka's on, so Luka played 281 minutes um, throughout this entire seven-game series, the team's efficiency field goal, 56%. Their offensive rating, 119.6. When Luka is off the court, that was for 55 minutes total throughout this entire series, so Luka was off the court. The team's efficiency field goal percentage, 38%. That's almost a 20-point drop, or 20% drop. Offensive rating, 89.8. That's a 30-point drop in that rating from Luka being on and off the court. And it just doesn't make any sense why you would say that Luka needs to share the ball more when clearly the team can't do anything with him on the court. Or off the court, I mean. So it takes him being on the court, and it takes him making sure everyone's involved, even though no one but him can hit a shot. So it's on Luca to make them hit their shots, even though he's feeding them wide open looks, and they still can't hit them. So I don't understand why he said that. 
uh, where he was getting at that. You know, maybe you know, maybe you could make a make a point that Luca was had had a little tunnel vision down the stretch of the series because he knew no one was going to do anything. So that's why he had a little bit of tunnel vision. So it comes with the fact that your teammates can't make shit. So how about GM called up the people that couldn't make shots instead of the guy that was giving them the shots to potentially hit? Because Luca, I mean, the man would have averaged 15 plus assists had the Mavericks hit their shots throughout the entire series. Easily. Easily. So, to sit there and say that Luca needs to be more, or gain some maturity in his game and get his players involved in the right time, might get some players involved better than almost anybody in the league. And that's fact. So, if you're gonna, if you're gonna bash Luca, bash him in an area that he actually needs to work on, you know? His conditioning, his free throw shooting. His free throw shooting was abysmal throughout the entire series. Clearly, the one issue that he had was his free throw shooting. So, uh, you know, I don't think these comments are that detrimental to Luca and his future with the Mavs, even though a report just came out earlier today um, about, you know, Luca having issues with um, Haralabob Volgaris. He is director of quantitative research and development for the team. Um, apparently, he is kind of the shadow, according to Tim Cato's report on The Athletic, he's kind of the shadow GM. Uh, of the team and him and Luca have had some issues. You know, this guy is apparently has a say in the day-to-day lineups, the rotations, the the transact recent transactions the team has done, including the bringing in Delon Wright, bringing in Seth Curry, both of which are not on the team anymore. So you know, it looks like he's had a say, and he's also you know had some issues with Luca. Him and Luca don't get along. Uh, you know, I guess there was an incident during the season where he tried to tell Luca to calm down, like motion to Luca to calm down, and Luca got pissed off about that and went off on him, and they had a little spat out there on the sideline. But I think that is not an issue that's going to really affect Luca in the future that much. You know, I think it's an issue that you know, if if I think it, the main issue is why is this guy being such a shot caller in this front office? You know, does do you have two GMs and or do you have one GM? You know, you got to make that decision. You know, Mark Cuban needs to figure out the power structure of that front office or there will be a lot of confusion, a lot of issues about who's making these calls and, you know, that's going to go from the top down. You know, it's going to, that's going to, you know, reflect onto the players and it's going to make them look bad or make them confused about who's running the show in that front office. If they've got the director of quantitative analysis and research and the GM making calls and the owner making calls and who's, who's the one running the show, you know, the players need to know who their boss is, who the one that is responsible for building the team. And is it Donnie or is it Haralabov? Haralabov. Haralabov. That's a funny name. Haralabov Dalguris. That sounds like a Game of Thrones name. But anyway, I don't think that's a that big of a deal. I still think Luca has a very, very, very good shot of signing that five-year, $200 million extension. Got to get named to an All-NBA team first. But that's probably going to happen. So... I still don't think Luca's going to miss out on that extension with Mark Cuban around. Uh, I don't think he, Mark Cuban's going to let Luca walk. I think if it comes down to it, her, bye-bye, Haralabob. Bye-bye. I'm going to choose Luca 100% of the time, all the time. So, you know, that goes back to it. You know, What's the point of bashing your star unless there's a legitimate reason? And even if there is a legitimate reason, doing it publicly is probably not the best way to go about it. So let's not bad talk our superstars, especially when it comes to points that are invalid and wrong. All right, Donnie, just uh, use your head a little bit. Anyway, that's it for the point. Thanks for listening. Uh, Thanks for liking and 
sharing as well. I really appreciate it. Hope to get more of these out more regularly for y'all. But I will see y'all next time.